Welcome to another Solon podcast. Today is a special day. It's Father's Day. So a happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You are present. You decided to stay with your family. You decided to be real. You've decided to be there and have an impact in their lives. And God bless you for your faithfulness. Um, you know, there's nothing in the natural that can be given for a reward. And just to know that your reward comes from your heavenly Father above Amen. You know, more than ever before in this time that we are facing, in, in this time of what the world is experiencing, it needs fathers more than ever before. And so, you know, we are called to be fathers to our natural children, but we are also called to be fathers to a world that's hurting. We are called to be fathers to a world that needs, uh, you know, needs people that they can rely on. If we look out in the world and we look, especially with what we've been talking about last week, if we look at all of the hate and the racism and all these senseless murders that is happening, you know, the world is looking for healing. And uh, it's either one or two ways that they can go. You know, you can either go in the direction where you look for healing and you look for people that you can look up to, or you take the hurt that you've been through and the disappointment you've been through and you make it the thing to say that nobody is out there that can love me and there's no one out there that can care for me and everybody is everybody is evil and everybody is out to get me and everybody at some stage or another at one point or another is definitely going to you know do me down and do bad things and ugly things to me and that's what we have to realize we have to realize that some of us have had uh, you know negative experiences in our lives but yet at the same time we've managed to come through those experiences and we've managed to come through life and we've recovered and we've we've learned about the Lord and we've received salvation and we've learned about Jesus Christ and we've got over those situations. And if you've been out of the situations for a long time, you can remember it, but you forget what it was like to be in that situation. And so for many of us that have recovered and received the love of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, we can remember the, the things that we've been through, but we've forgotten the pain of that moment. We've forgotten what it feels like. And for people who have never received Jesus and for people who have or who have never understood his forgiveness and who have never understood what his power does for us in terms of cleansing us and cleaning us from that, that guilt and that condemnation and that fear and worry and anxiety. So for people that are constantly and just all the time, just living in that situation, you just have to remind yourself that, you know, folks, it's very difficult to believe. When you are being constantly uh, pushed back and forth and when you are constantly facing negative situations and circumstances and when people are the main reason for why you are failing, when people don't love you, when people overlook you, when people hurt you, when people offend you, when people abuse you, there are some people who are facing such negative things and consistently every time they, they just try to look for something in life. You, you, you know, we look at the guy who's who's homeless. He, he doesn't have a huge belief in humanity, but yet you'll find him every day looking to humanity. Now, he's not looking to humanity because he believes in it. He's looking to humanity because he's forced to. He knows that's his only hope, that's his only place that he can he can possibly receive something, but he doesn't believe in that same humanity because it's that same humanity that has let him down. Now, this is something that we just need to realize that the world is hurting. The world is out there and it's in pain, and it's in pain because there are people 
people who have put it in pain. It's in pain because they are men that have refused to be men. It's in pain because they are fathers who have refused to be fathers. And we need to take that and we need to see that and we need to realize that that's an opportunity for us as the church. But if we choose to sit back as a church and if we choose to kick back and not do anything about it, then we can't be a light in a dark place. You know, the Bible talks about a city set on a hill. It talks about all these wonderful things. And, 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 you know, you need to understand um, how can you be a city set on a hill just because based on a building? You know, how can you be a city set on a hill just based on on a magnificent great preacher or great or great teachings or because of great worship or because of rich people or because of a rich area? You know, you've got to be a city set on a hill because you're doing something that nobody else is doing. And what we need to realize is that there are plenty of churches around and there are plenty of people preaching the gospel. There are plenty of people teaching the word of God. There are plenty of people teaching all kinds of, 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 you know, just Bible study stuff. And, and what we need to see, though, is that there are very few people out there being a lighthouse. There are very few people out there bringing light to a dying world. And we need to realize that when the Bible talks about if a man is hungry, if a man is cold, what do you do? You know, you don't just preach to him. You give him something warm. You give him something, you give him something warm to, to, to make himself warmer in the natural. You give him something to eat to fill his stomach that's hungry. And that's what we need to be. That's what we as a church need to be. But what we need to realize is not everything needs to be institutionalized. Amen. And when I say that, what I'm saying is not everything needs to be corporately decided. We as people who are human beings, our humanity has to take over. Nobody needs to order you to be to, to, to have that heart for people. Nobody has to command you to do that. Nobody has to direct you to do that. Nobody has to call a special meeting to get you to do that. This is something that comes outside. Uh, sorry, that's, this is something that comes out from the inside of you. Amen. This is something that comes out from the inside of you. So my encouragement to us this morning on this Father's Day is that the world needs fathers, right? And and, and obviously it needs mothers as well. That goes without saying, you know, and we need to father and we need to mother a dying and a hurting world out there. And so we need to rise up and we need to realize that not everything needs to be corporately decided before you're going to do something about the things you see right in front of you. And so this morning, I just need to want to carry on from what the thought that we left off on the last time. And so let's go back to Luke chapter 6 and let's look at verse from verse 41. And we've been talking about judging and we've been talking about loving people. And folks, we are not going to be the church of Jesus Christ. We are not going to be like Jesus Christ himself if we continue to continue, continue, continue day in, day out. Wake up the whole day, spend time judging, spend time looking, spend time talking, spend time going back and forth about people. You're not going to grow like that. You yourself, you're not going to be a happy person like that. The people are not going to be happy like that. We need to be people that are bringing joy and we need to be people that are bringing love. When somebody sees you, you know, now that it's coronavirus and someone sees you, they move away from you. But you know, it's because of corona. But don't let anybody ever move away from you because you are just too much. When I say you are just too much, it's because you are judging or you are judgy and, and you don't give out love and you don't give out warmth and you don't give out comfort and you hold your love as a, as a reward. You know, love is not a reward. 
Love is not a reward. Love is a command. Amen. Jesus Christ didn't bring love as a reward. Jesus Christ brought love as the very basic, unconditional gift to humanity. Amen. He didn't love people who needed to be loved, uh, sorry, who deserved to be loved. He loved people who needed to be loved. And everybody needs to be loved. So you can't go around holding your, your affection as a reward to those who will treat you right. That's not how Jesus Christ did it. You see, when we hold our love for those only for those who, who deserve it as a reward, then we are not operating like Jesus Christ. We, what we need to realize is that somehow, somewhere, we are still hurting we're still hurting from all the things that we've been through. Now, I get that we need to be guarded because we've been hurt so many times. We need to be guarded. But you need to realize there's two kinds of love, right? There's the love of God, which is which is unconditional. And then there's that love where we need relationships and we need uh, social things and we need companionship. Now, that kind of love, yes, you've got to use your God for that kind of love. I'm not saying go out there and love everybody that's you ready to, to have a girlfriend or a wife or love everybody that you ready to have a boyfriend or a husband? That's not the love that we're talking about. You're not talking about that filet or friendship uh, or eros, uh, you know, the sensual love. We're talking about the agape, the God kind of love, the love that goes and sees the needs of people and sees the need that people need someone to love them and, and to, to comfort them. So don't use your love as a reward. Don't use your love as, as something when people come near you and the people come around you, you don't initially love them because you, they need to prove themselves to you first. That is not God's way of loving. God doesn't wait for someone to prove themselves first before he loves them. God realizes, I need to love you first. And when I let my love uh, you know, cover you and wash over you and get you, get, get you full from, from head to toe, then God realizes it's that kind of love that justifies and it's that kind of love that sanctifies and it's that kind of love that brings an identity. And then that person just improves and they just go up levels and levels and, and they just start to see their lives turn and changed and, and turn around, right? So we need to we need to change this about us. We need to stop giving out our love as a reward. We need to start giving our love out unconditionally, not as a reward, right? Don't don't make people beg for it. Don't make people earn it. When people need to earn things in terms of like where they in, in employment and things, that's very different, right? But you've got to love people as the body of Christ, as the church of God. We need to love. And, and the first place that we need to start looking at is why are we as a church so judgy? Why are we as a church? You know, you go to a hospital and guess what you find at a hospital? You find sick people. In all of those wards, you find sick people. In, in those wards, you will never find, if a person is admitted into that hospital, you're never going to find a healthy person. Every single person in that building is sick. And the people that are in those buildings are there to help the sick people right? They can't judge a person. They can't say, oh, you have flu. I'm not going to touch you. Or you have coronavirus. I'm not going to touch you. Or you have cancer. I'm not going to touch you. You know, you're there to help them. You're not there to judge them. When someone, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you know from experience, some doctors can be very judgy, right? They can be like, yeah, you deserve this or you did this to get that. And now you see what happened. Or you can get a doctor that, you know, who's full of compassion and full of love and, and tries to give you all the best and the positive in what you are facing. Now, if a hospital is full of sick people, why is it so surprising that a church is full of sinners? Amen? 
Why is it surprising that a church is full of sinners? Now, I'm not saying that we just accept sin and we just tolerate it and we don't preach the gospel and we don't preach the forgiveness of sins and we don't preach about repentance from sin and dead works. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we need to stop being surprised when people in church sin. We need to stop being surprised when we hear the story of that person doing things that 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 you know we we don't think is right or we don't think is holy or we don't think is godly the real question is the church needs to be full of people recovering the church needs to be full of people getting healed the church needs to be full of people that are going through a process and allow people to go through a process man we need to we need to be patient and we need to stop being so judgmental and that's why people don't want church and that is why church is full of religious holy people and this is why the church is ineffective because it's full of people who believe that they are holier than they really are you know it's holier that holier than thou attitude is the attitude that we don't want in the church it's that religious attitude it's that attitude that talks a whole bunch of talk and talks a whole bunch of gospel stuff and talks a whole bunch of scriptural stuff but does absolutely nothing and the bible is very clear when a person is cold, give them something warm. And that's talking about, don't just talk about the problem, bring some action to the problem. And so when we as a church are full of religious people and we are full of a religious mindset and a religious spirit, and we are just, you know, just tickling each other's ears and talking all nice stuff. But if we are not making a change and an impact in the world, right? If we are not making a change and an impact in the world, then, then folks, we are not being the church of God. We're just simply not being the church of God. To be the church of God, we have to make a difference in the world. We don't need. We don't just need to come and be tickled on a Sunday. And we don't need to just come to church meetings just for nice meetings. We are coming for all those stuff to, to worship the Lord. That's the most important thing. We're not coming for our own, just our own glorification and our own satisfaction. We're coming to worship the Lord. And after we worship Him and after we receive from Him, we are supposed to go back into the world and make a difference. And how are we going to make a difference? We're going to make a difference when we are real but we won't make a difference when we are religious and we are just trying to be holier than the next person and we are just trying to be better than the next person right we need to stop that church can't be another place where you get rated and graded in life you are rated and graded and from the time you enter preschool you are rated and graded from the time you in in, in grade one right until the time you finish school the whole time you rated and graded do, do you do well are you bright are you smart are you good at math are you are you the are you academic Oh, you're not so academic. You're more creative. And now the word for being more creative is is the new phrase of saying you're not so smart and you can do other things. You know, whole time weighted and graded. And as you come into your teenage years, are you are you pretty enough? Are you handsome enough? Are you are you good enough? Are you strong enough? Are you have a good body? Do you not have a good body? Do you have nice hair? Do you not have nice hair? Do you have good complexion? Do you not have good complexion? The whole time rated and graded right until we get to varsity. Now, do you have a degree or you don't have? a degree you know all of these things and when you finally get to the to your career or your job place you know then you rated and rated and graded again are you earning well are you not earning well do you have a great job or you don't have a great job do you drive a good car or you don't drive a good car are you renting are you living with your parents are you living in a granny flat are you living in a bachelor flat do you own a mansion you are rated and graded your entire life the whole time every day you stop at the stop street you 
in a car that, that needs faith to run. Hallelujah. The next guy is in a car and he's got 10 cars that is worth a million rand. You know, the whole time rated and graded and, and we start to feel like that. We start to feel like we're in the rat race. We start to feel those things. So when people finally come to church, when people finally come to church, and this is why it's so hard for people to come to church, it's another place for them to be rated and graded. And it's another place on the most sensitive subject now. Because all those other things, yes, they're very sensitive, but the most sensitive place is for someone to be graded and graded in their character. When you assassinate someone in their character, when you assassinate someone's personality, you are touching the closest part of them. And people don't want those those closest parts of them to be rated and graded the whole time. And we need to stop handing out little merits in terms of the church and the Christian community and to tell people, now you've arrived, now you showed up, now you can do, now you are better than you used to be. And only when we do that, then we've given them that little accolade that says they've arrived in life. Now in Luke chapter 6, verse 41, we want to change these things. It says, why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you see to your brother, brother, let me take out the splinter that is in, how can you say to your brother, sorry, brother, let me take out the splinter that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the beam of wood in, in your eye? Hypocrite, first take out the, the beam of wood out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the splinter in your brother's eye. And this is something that's so important because we as the church sometimes it's just amazing. We can just become hell-bent on, on correcting other people and we can just become hell-bent and it become our focus and we breathe and sleep and wake up and go to bed and wake up again just wanting to bring correction to everybody else. But we don't realize that we first need to be removing the things in our lives. Don't be so passionate about removing problems from other people's lives when you are not passionate about removing the problem in your life. And this is the bottom line. This is the bottom line to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the bottom line to, to the heart and soul of the gospel. If you are not removing things in your life, you have no right to remove anything from anybody else's life. And it's amazing as a church. We want to bring correction and we want to bring things to people's, uh, uh, to highlight to people's lives, but we are not bringing the own things in our lives out. We are not correcting the own things. We are not correcting the problems in our lives. And you need to correct your life. The Bible is very clear. The Bible is very clear. In Paul instructions to Timothy is very clear. You need to run your life properly before you're going to run somebody else's life. Amen. And on this Father's Day, it's so important. If you're not running your home well, if you're not running your marriage well, if you're not running your finance well, if you're not running your own self well, if you're not doing the things that you need to do, how can you bring correction and change to anybody else? And this is the heart of the gospel. This is the heart of the gospel. And that's where the judgment comes in. You see, when you are not bringing change to your life and you are bringing change to other people's life, then that's called judgment. And that's not called love. And, and, and this is the thing that we need to change. In closing here, this morning, let's just look at Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. And, and just bear with me. I'm going to read some scripture here to you. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner, did you get that? Who was a sinner, found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, 
kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Now notice this, the Pharisee is the guy who's very particular, who's always judging, who's always checking everybody out and noticing what everybody else is doing, but not noticing what he is doing. And here he is saying to himself that he would, Jesus would know that she's a sinner. Why is she touching him? Now, folks, if we, and this is not a sensual touch, this is a spiritual touch. If we are not touching people spiritually, and if we are not touching sinners, then what are we doing? Amen. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. A creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more. And Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. And I'd like to carry on here, but we're going to have to carry on next next time. You know, there's just more delicious stuff in this. But let me leave you with this thought this morning. Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. And here's the bottom line. And here's a Father's Day thought that's not just for fathers only, but it's for all of us. You can never be a father and you can never be an effective father, and you can never really be, be what fathers are supposed to be and bring that warmth and bring that, that love and bring that ability to bring people out of the lowest parts of life until you know you are forgiven. Until you know you are forgiven, you will never be able to forgive. And you can never know you are forgiven when you just try to work at situations by yourself. You will never know you are forgiven. You will only know you are forgiven when you come before the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to look at next time about this lady at the feet of Jesus Christ, which is so important. You will never forgive until you know you are forgiven. And if the church is not going to be a place that reflects forgiveness to humanity and the world, then the church is not being like how Jesus Christ is. God bless you.